And I'm going to speak this morning on three topics. Three people that I've used in, oh, my goodness, numerous, numerous times over the years. But all of them were hopeless at one time. You know, you came here this morning, you came to church for, for whatever reason. But you may not know why you're really here. But your life, we say this, I said it out here on a sign we had, your life matters. We may downplay it, we may feel like we're losing, we feel like we don't have any direction, we don't have any hope. But your life matters. And even when you've had a, a rough time and you've, you've slipped up and you messed up and you, you beat your head over the self over the head and you try to get back to where you need to be, your life matters. You know, I'm, what you say matters. What you do matters. How you live matters. How you love matters. What came out of your life and what you're in the middle of right now matters. We've got Ms. Parker awake, she'll sleep. Figures. Before, when we're back here in the back, um, she's the little clone of Nick. You know, her outfit is red and it's plaid. That's all I've got to say, it's plaid. And, but it's the same type of plaid that Nick, Nick's has. And Nick had her there and he, was, he had her on his knee and she was just so alert and so refreshing looking. But so many people lose their importance and lose their value somewhere between that stage and teenagers. And she can lose hers if, his, if their parents doesn't do things right. And even Nick as a father can lose his purpose. How I respond, when and how do I respond? How many of you have ever prayed for things before you... Let me just be specific. How many of you really pray for a spouse? Man, I can't wait till I get a man. He's going to take care of my problems. He's going to love me, comfort me. Boy, he's going to be there for me. Have you ever prayed for a husband? Oh, if you didn't pray for your husband before you got him, you messed up, all right? But how many has ever prayed for a husband? How many has ever prayed for a wife? There's more honesty in the men than the women, but... but there's something about when we, when we get what we pray for, we pray for our, our kids to be delivered and set free and, and faithful, and we pray for, for a lot of things that, that happen in our life, and we pray for the people involved, but once it finally happens, we no longer are grateful for it. We're not thankful that, well, I've got my wife, or she's got me as her husband, or all the little things in life that you prayed for. How many of you ever prayed for, uh, you never believed you would have today what you have? You, when you first started, you, you started very meager and very minor, but as you excelled in life and itself, you end up with a lot of stuff. And we don't sit back and we don't think about it. We don't think about how grateful I should be because of what I have. I'm going to go back into the Old Testament for a minute to Joshua chapter 2. And Rahab's, Rahab's life mattered. Rahab's life mattered. You, there are people in here who have lived a life just like Rahab. You have been involved in things just like Rahab. And when you are in the, 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 the depths of sin that Rahab was in, her family was even supporting her because they, they lived there with her, but, but you felt hopeless. 
In Joshua chapter 2, let me go there. Joshua chapter 2, verses 1 through 6. And Joshua the son of Nun sent out, sent out of the word, two men to spy secretly, saying, Go view the land, even Jericho. And when they went, it came into a harlot's house named Rahab and lodged there. And it was told the king of Jericho, saying, Behold, there come men hither to, tonight to uh, the children of Israel to search out our country. And the king of Jericho sent Rahab unto Rahab, saying, Bring forth the men that are come to thee. Which ye entered into thine house, for they, for they shall be come to search all, all the country. And the woman took the two men and hid them and said, There came not two men to me, but I wist not whence they were. In other words, they left. I don't know where they went. And, I, and it came to pass as, as, time was, as time was shutting the gate, when it was dark, that the men went out. Whether the, whether the men went, or, I'm going to stop this. This, this woman let these men into her house and she raised some, some uh, the, the types of roof that they had was, was uh, kind of like corn stalks, we'll say. And she hid them up there, and she, and she, but she knew that she had a reverence for them. The king sent for her, the, the harlot of the town, and wanted her attention, but she didn't accommodate, I guess you say, what the king was saying. She was smart. She had a family. She was trustworthy. She had faith in God. And what kind of faith did she have? She had heard all the stories about Israel coming across the water and, and everybody being slain and everything, all the power and, and the majesty of their great lives and, and things were coming through there and God was with them. And they'd heard the story. She said there on, down in the chapter that she made reference to the, of her confidence in this God. She had faith in God. He would fulfill his commitment. But the worst thing about it, this lady was a prostitute. And it's amazing in our life and in my thinking and your thinking, we think of prostitution, we think of something a little shady, something a little bit inadequate, or something, no, I wouldn't be proud of, I wouldn't put up something on and say that I'm, a, that I'm a prostitute. I wouldn't do that. But it's amazing that this person, she was ate up with self, but she became what she needed to be for God. Listen, like us, she could have, she could have been full of excuses she could have been full of excuses. She could have turned them in. And nothing would have ever been done. But she was given an opportunity. And you know, regardless of what people think we are, say we are, maybe how we even feel, we have given opportunities. And we have to take our opportunities when they come. She was just happy to get out of the city. She didn't know the potential that she had. And maybe you don't know the potential that you have. Everyone in her city, when she would come around, they would whisper, all the ladies would, and all the men would snicker and make jokes and all the things that went on. But she was the only one in the city that survived. She was given the most important opportunity. We'll make reference to her later. Luke chapter 15. Well, in Matthew chapter 1, let's just go to Rahab for just a minute. She was a woman who was taken and been through all that she had been through. In verse 5 of chapter 1, it said to Rahab, Now Salmon began, begat Boaz, 
of Rahab. In other words, that's who the father, the grandfather, David, and, and goes on down the line. But this woman had royal, royal bloodline in her, in her, in her being. Am I right? Do you think that she had something special about her? Do you think that she had something special that, that anybody would have or just that just she had? So often we get so botched up with our, our life and we get so confused and we get deeper and we get deeper and we get deeper in it that we get to a place that we feel like there's no way out. And then something comes up like this. Maybe you're here this morning and this is your opportunity. And this is your time to engage in something you've never engaged in or, or to lay something down that you're supposed to lay down. And if she had not laid this down, she would have died with everyone else. Luke chapter 15. A passage, I really don't have to go to, but I'm going to read it. I think that the, the rich young, the rich young, Prodigal, if you will. Struggle with a lot of things. But he lived a life that everyone envied. I'm going to tell something that's um, not public and, and you may laugh at me or something, but... Uh, I used to have a, a big ego, and um, I did. I used to have a big ego. Um, wasn't always out seeing and treating other people, but I was always waiting for an opportunity for, for greatness to come to me. Not because of intelligence, but, but because of whatever. I was just hoping that something would come. And I've looked at young men and all the lives that they lived and all the cars and the fast things and all the excitement they had in their life, and did you know that this guy was the same way? Except he had all the, everything that everybody had. He had all the money. He had all the popularity. Everybody just would do anything to be like him. Anything. Luke chapter 15. And he said, a certain man had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that follow to me. And he divided them unto them his living. Not many days after the younger son gathered together all and took a journey into a far country where he wasted his substance with righteous living. It's amazing how, it's amazing that when we get to finally do all that we want to do and, and go all that we want to, to go anywhere we want to go, make any decision we want to make, it's amazing when we come to the end of that, we finally wise up and we find out what's really valuable. Because he had all the money there was and all the time there was, but he didn't value anything that he had. And he, and he had spent all, and there arose a mighty famine in the land, and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, And he sent him into his fields to feed the swine. And he would have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat, and no man gave to him. When he came to himself, he said, How many hired hands, services, I mean, services, my fathers have bread enough to spare, and I perish with hunger. I will arise and I will go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before thee. 
I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy to be called thy son, to make me one of the hardest, make me one of the hardest servants. And he arose and he came, and he came to his father. When he was a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and now I'm worthy to be called a son. Now I'm going to, the world's, the world's view of him is that he didn't matter anymore. And you, did you know that in your life and my life, how we view ourselves is, is a lot how other people view us. Everything in his life had, had been about things and what he had and what he possessed, how good he looked, how, how handsome he was, what car, kind, of, kind of car he drove. He didn't have a car, but you know what I'm saying. What kind of donkey he rode. No, see, what kind of horse he rode. All these things mattered to him, but that is all he found his value in. Now, if there's something you're finding value in or something that you're lacking finding value in, he still mattered. Even a rebellious, disgraceful son. Here's what we all got to think for just a minute. It doesn't matter where we are now. I want you to think about the past. At some point, you were no different than him. You were disgraceful to, to God. You were disgraceful. Not that he hated you. He loved you in spite of. But we were disgraceful. I've been, a, I've been all of us have been a disgrace at times with mentality that we have. We might have thought, wow, what a lucky guy. He had the world by the tail. He was born into the right family. How many times have I heard that? My bo- well, Tyson especially, over the past few years, when someone's doing good in their life, goes, he was born into the right family. He was born into the right family, had everything given to them. Let me tell you something. It's not being born in the right family. It's about doing the right thing. And every one of us, every one of us have the same opportunity to engage and, and embrace exactly what God has for us in this life that we have. He was born in the right family. Other guys standing around and wish they were that lucky. How many guys and, and honored this guy, thought of him as he left and went out to the, feed the pigs? Not any of them. But his son found his worth in, on the things that he had. But he was so disappointed. Isn't it amazing? Whether we're a harlot or we're a spoiled rich brat, we have to come back to something that we, we find value in. They came value, found value where he'd always had it. And his whole life he'd had it there, but he never embraced it. And he thought he would just, just squander it. He thought he could never be a son again. And to be honest with you, that was probably the hardest thing in life for him. I don't know how long he dwelt in the pig pen there and, and fed the pigs and saw his reflection, but he thought he could no longer be a son. And you may not understand that, but if you had a family that was really wealthy and you went and squandered all, you were humiliated, you couldn't go back, you couldn't go back to that. You couldn't go back and say that you were wrong. You couldn't go back and tell your dad, Dad, I've squandered everything that you've given me. So he thought he'd go home, went home. He was perfectly fine with that. His dad was something. His dad was something. His dad gave him ring, shoes on his feet, a coat on his back. 
He thought that his life was over. And maybe, just maybe, you know, when we all be in here, when we all be dressed good and, and, and we all have a shower and, and we look at all and do all the right things. He was willing to be a servant, a slave to his dad. And some of you are willing to be just whatever, just get by by the skin of your teeth and, and barely survive. But God has got so much more in store for your life. I think of the worst case scenario and, and also in the best case scenario, when you are always so good and you think you're so, you're so holy and righteous and, and there's so many that's good about you, if we really get a perspective of God and we have a hunger and desire to, to take care of and, and, and reach out to people like this, my heart went out to the guy who was on the street there in the camo pants and he'd been, there for six, he'd been in jail for 16 years. That's somebody's boy. Was he the rich boy who went out and squandered it all? Was he the one that went out and wasted away everything and he had nothing to go back to, he thought, so instead of going back home and, and trying to make things right, he, he lived on the streets? What about the lady with the four-foot, uh, I mean, four-inch uh, eyebrow, forgive me, big, long eyebrows here, okay? Four-inch ones. Um, but what was her past like? Was she too embarrassed to go back home and get things right? Are you too embarrassed because of things in your life that you, you had opportunity for great things to happen, but instead of going back, you go back to nothing and you go on the streets and that's where you live and you, lay your, and you sleep under a bridge or, or you sleep in vacant cars or, or wherever you can sleep for a night. This message is very dear to me because I've seen that exactly in my own family. Instead of valuing the opportunity you have and the greatness of the opportunity, you just continue to throw that away too. And instead of humbling yourself, you go right back into a place. My daughter's in church. She's not here, but she's in church. She's fine. But when my, my daughter left home, I didn't plan on sharing this, and I'm going to. She came from a good home, a good father, a good mother, a good environment. We, we did things wrong, sure, all of us have. But did she value what we had done initially, even after all of, of the horrible things she had been through in life? And you may be here, and you may feel like, well, no, they don't, he don't have a clue what I've been through or, why I, or I am, where I am or where I've, I've been or, or where my kids. Let me tell you, there is no place I haven't been. There is no situation I cannot relate to. But instead of my daughter as a product coming home and saying, I'm sorry, I don't, I'm not worthy to be a, 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 a kid, but I'll, I'll be a servant, I'll be a worker, I'll do whatever it takes. She never done it. And she still has never done that. The first two people I've talked to you about have, have been, at their, been at their life's end. They didn't know what to do, didn't know where to go, didn't know the, the lady who was a harlot, Rahab, she, she 
got, met the two spies and she worked out scenarios and she was wise and she was smart and she had an opportunity and she sees it and she delivered her and great things happened in her life. And the next person, when all the disaster that he had, but I'm going to go to the third one now. Mark chapter 5. It was the, it was the demoniac. To go to chapter 5, and, and the Lord said, let's go to the side of the Gadarenes is where he went. But I want to stop here for just a minute. Before Jesus got to the other side, let's everybody stand just for a second. Stand for just a second. Oh, yeah. Evidently, I've, I've been preaching a while. You can sit down now. Uh, uh, Everybody's not used to that, but some of you are. The demoniac, before Jesus got there, he was hopeless and he was stuck. He was stuck and hopeless. I could read the whole thing, but I won't. I'll just read this. Always, night and day, and was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying and cutting himself with a stone. But when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshiped him. There was something about Jesus. The difference maker was Jesus. It wasn't in a counseling session. It wasn't in some book that he read. It was just simply his presence. We can talk about a lot of things here and engaging. You know, I talked to the, the worship team and, and sound people before church. We want to engage people. We want to draw them into worship. But, but all these things that we do, we, it's just frivolous if it doesn't have the power of Jesus in the middle of everything that we do. When people come to church and you come to have an experience and you come up here and just think you're a part, but you don't accept Jesus into your heart, you're missing out on the most critical and the only part that will make a lasting impression. It is Jesus that has always made the great impression in, in my life and your life, and he'll do the same for you if you'll listen and hear his voice. He lived in the tombs a long time. He was lost cause. And I thought about so many people who are lost causes. So many people. I know, I know my family and different ones are, for many times were, were lost cause and people would come up to me and about the kids and just, I don't know what to say. Shaking their head of pity on behalf of them. He's gone too far. His reputation has been ruined. He smells. Could you think about that? He, he, was, he was a demoniac and he lived in the tombs. He stunk bad. And Jesus said, let's go to the other side of the lake and let's go to Gennesaret. And, and I wanted to go in there. He didn't go and say all this, but this, in, in theory, that's what he said. He said, I'm going to go spend some time with somebody who has a special need. He didn't say he needs a bath. He needs a toothbrush. He has a special need. Do you, know, do you understand when he accepted Christ? He was sitting in his right mind and he's clothed and he's well 
put together. He had deodorant on and shaved. And I don't know all the details, but I know that Jesus makes all the difference in our lives. And if you're here and you don't know Jesus, and you may be wondering about all the things in your life that are out of, out of sync, it's through Jesus. I'm going to close off. Close it up. His reputation is ruined. He smells. His breath is horrible. His clothes. Oh, wait a minute. What clothes? What clothes? He ran around naked. Because anything that, when Satan has his way and, and really dominates a life, stay with me. Some of you will relate and some of you will come out of a, of a horrible lifestyle. I mean, God has been gracious and, and he's exciting to think you don't have to be there anymore. But, but when you're in a horrible lifestyle, my wife and I were somewhere yesterday and, and somebody come in and, and when they come in, our heart used to would be judgmental. But now it's not. The guy walked in, his face is sunk in the way he looked. He was strung out. And she just looked at me. I said, I know. He's just like this man who was demon possessed. He is hopeless. He is lost. And he has no direction. Are you thankful for what you have? All could have made excuses for how their life had ended up. They all could have done nothing at all. But they all done something. They all done something. And it made the difference in their life. You know, we have these, we have these illustrations in the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament, about, about things we can relate to. But it would be a shame if you had opportunity to make him the Lord of your life and, and he would be uh, something, a life changer and you may feel lost in all these things but, but you would really have a, an experience with Christ and develop that experience and that relationship with him. It's amazing. But they all did something with lasting results. Three more, three more statements. They didn't just sit in Jericho and watch the walls tumble. She did something about it. He didn't stay off there in that pig pen. He didn't stay in the pig pen. He did something about it. He got out and he humbled himself and he went home. They didn't just sit in Jericho. They didn't want to stay in the pig pen. They got out. And they didn't want to live in the tombs any longer. My wife nudged me a while ago in that song. He was in a borrowed grave. He was in a borrowed tomb. And instantly, my mind went to us. I'm going to go to a tomb or to a, a grave, but it's still temporary. That is exciting to think that we don't have to live in the junk that we're in. And you don't have to care who you are. It doesn't matter what your case is. You have to get up and get out of that thing that you're in. You have to. It's up to you. You know why? Because your life matters. Maybe nobody finds value in you but you, but, but God finds value in you. You have something unique, something special. Only you can give it. I get back your heads with me, please.
You know, in this life, we, uh, we're only as, we're only, only as great, our life is only as great as the decisions we make. And you may have failed 420 times. You found yourself back in the pig pen, or back in the tomb, or in the ruins of Jericho. for everyone in here, but I want want us all to know this. It is only by the simple mercies of God. It is as simple, as simple as that, the mercies of God that we're all not in other places, in other, other conditions of life. 